Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. A number of people are suggesting that uh, when the Prime Minister goes on his cross-Canada tour, to meet the average folks, that if you can find out where he's going to be, why don't you uh, try to get there and speak to him if you're suffering because of the carbon tax and the cap-and-trade, as we heard in the last hour. Try to explain to Mr. Trudeau what your reality is. He spends his vacation with uh, billionaire Aga Khan on his private island, the Aga Khan's private island. Ken in Edmonton, recovering from a heart attack, can't afford the extra $20 for a bottle of propane for the RV he's forced to live in on $850 a month. I tell you, painful to hear these things. It really is. Won't be the last time that we'll talk about it. Uh, this is a story that people were, um, everybody was talking about this last year at some point or another, and it's the shootings in Chicago. In 2016, there were 4,378 people shot in Chicago, 4,378 people shot in Chicago, 3,665 wounded, 713 were shot and killed on the spot. Total homicides were 795. That's shot and wounded and died later. And in the first four days of this month, 53 shot in Chicago, shot and wounded 46, and shot and killed 7. I don't know how they differentiate between total shot and shot and wounded, but those are the stats that I have. And that is the question, is it just Chicago, or is Chicago just running ahead of an alarming curve? I've done a fair bit of reading on this issue over the last, particularly over the last couple of weeks, and have the opportunity now to speak with Dr. Gary Slutkin. He's an epidemiologist and infectious disease control specialist. He's also the founder and the executive director of Cure Violence, Cure Violence, uh, at the University of Illinois in Chicago. And Cure Violence addresses gun violence and other violence as a public health issue. And it's endorsed by the U.S. Conference of Mayors, Cure Violence is ranked as one of the top 20 NGOs in the world, and its methods are being replicated globally, including in this country. Cure Violence. Dr. Gary Slutkin joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dr. Slutkin, what's it like to be in Chicago and hear these statistics and hear numbers like 4,378 people shot? We're hundreds of miles uh, distant of you. What's it like to be there and see and, and know this is going on? Well... Um, it's primarily extremely frustrating. I mean, it's also obviously sad and horrible and tragic and humanitarian disaster. But for, uh, for those of us in the health sector who see this as a health issue, an epidemic health, it's just incredibly frustrating. It's interesting that you say you see it as a, as a public health issue, and I never thought of it in those terms, 
until I read about cure violence and that it made absolute sense to me. So would you explain to us what, how you came to form cure violence and what is it that you do? Well, um, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm an infectious disease doctor. I worked on other types of epidemics in other countries before returning to the U.S. And um, <clears throat> so when I began to look at uh, violence, I saw the same kind of patterns that we'd seen in other infectious diseases, the same kind of clustering, the same epidemic waves, and also this principally most important factor, which is that uh, the greatest predictor of a violent event is a preceding violent event. In other words, one violent event leads to another, leads to another, just like flu leads to another case of flu, leads to another case of flu. So we, we began to not only look at it, but treat it as a health epidemic issue. In fact, this is the only um, health epidemic issue that isn't primarily managed by the health sector. And uh, it still is not clear why that is other than some mind frame that has um, developed um, about the people and so on. But anyway, it's just a behavior, a contagious behavior. And as um, uh, you know, the effects of treating it as a and epidemic behavior are very, very powerfully effective and have been proven to be effective by many independent evaluations, including in Chicago. And, you know, just to stay on Chicago for a moment, yeah, it's, it's true that Cure Violence is working in about 25 cities and 70 communities, including in uh, Canada, but even in some places in the Middle East and South Africa. But Chicago has been a particularly frustrating place. Um, and um, this uptick that you mentioned, which um, really began when these health methods were discontinued. And they were discontinued in March of 2015, approximately March 4th or 5th. And within uh, days of the uh, 13 of 14 communities being defunded, the, the violence in Chicago, which had been going down with the health approach, reversed course in what began to go up and has been going up ever since and ever since and more and more and more. And that, and just to add that the one community where it continued, that is to say the public health approach continued, the violence has continued to go down. So it's just another set of demonstrations that the Justice Department has proven this, the CDC, Hopkins, all kinds of studies. The public health approach and the public health way of looking at this is really what we need to see to move ourselves forward, not just in Chicago, but also everywhere. So how does it work? How does the public health approach to, the, to violence, and in Chicago it's the gun violence that's talked about, obviously. You can't ignore numbers like 4,378 people shot in a calendar year. How does the public health approach work? What do you do specifically? Well, there is a tremendous amount of specificity to it, as there is in the control of Ebola or control of cholera or something. So you ask yourself, how is uh, a killing prevented? Well, killing is prevented by having outreach workers, health workers, who are reaching the people who are likely to do shootings. And these are generally young people who um, are pretty resistant to most influences, except for the influences of their friends or people who are just like them who have been through the same thing. And so those are the people who we hire as health workers. And they exist in the neighborhood, and they're aware of when someone is upset or when something happened at a party or someone owes someone money, and they're able 
to interact with them, and they're just very, very highly qualified, highly trained, highly supervised, documenting their work, and um, they're able to cool people down and prevent events from happening, events being a shooting or a killing. Because you're talking, then, you know, you're, talking, you're talking about gang activity, right? These, these, well, most of them are gang shootings. These are, you know, this is one of the scary words that are used um, in, um, in the sensationalizing of what is essentially behavior. But most of the violence that's going on is by people who are shooting each other, not because of any uh, name or tag or gang, but more related to um, some insult or disrespect or um, something that they're concerned about or a retaliation of a friend uh, having been um, shot or injured or something like that. I, I need to take a break. I, I want to talk to you some more about this, uh, Dr. Slutkin. Please don't go away. Uh, I just uh, I just disconnected him, I think. Let's have the... Uh, let's call Dr. Slutkin back. I just disconnected him. This is uh, really quite... It's fascinating... Because, kind of, you know, you ask yourself, how do you intervene? Because the stories that we hear, of course, that it's gang shootings, mostly it's gang members shooting each other. But we have heard as well that a lot of the shooting has to do with the perceived insults or uh, getting even with somebody. And, uh, and so you have intervention by young people who were maybe parts of gangs, members of gangs, and who diffuse a situation before the gun gets picked up. One of the concerns as well, of course, has been that these huge numbers in Chicago might, get, might lead to similar numbers developing in other cities and other parts of the world. We'll come back to Dr. Gary Slutkin, and it's Cure Violence, cureviolence.com. We'll come back after this. For more Roy Green, visit RoyGreen.com for podcasts, blogs, highlights, and even a nice picture of Roy. Back to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Coming up later in the hour, Rick Campanelli, the co-host of ET Canada. Rick is in uh, L.A. for the Golden Globe Awards, and um, the show, the Golden Globe Awards program tonight, starts at 6 o'clock on Global TV with the red carpet, and then the awards themselves, and we're going to talk to Rick about that before the end of the hour. Listen to this. This is also from Chicago about the gun violence. Police noted, this is from uh, April of uh, last year, Police noted there's been some progress in slowing the pace of rising violence. In March, murders rose by 29%, compared with increases of 75% in January and 126% in February. So a murder increase of 29% is seen as an as improvement. Wow. Cureviolence.org. I said .com. It's not. It's cureviolence.org. Dr. Gary Slutkin, an epidemiologist, infectious diseases control specialist, and the founder and executive director of Cure Violence at the University of Illinois in Chicago, is with us. Uh, so, Dr. Slutkin, the question then has to be, the Cure Violence program was working. You had a reduction in the numbers of violent acts and the numbers of, 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 of shootings. And, and you described to us who the healthcare professionals were who were dealing with the individuals using guns to get even. So why in the name of God would anybody cut funding? 
Well, um, there's two aspects to this. The, the first is that, so yes, it's accurate that, and this, this is on our website, on the Cure Violence website, and many other, many reporters have written about it as well, that the epidemic in Chicago began and has been kept going because of the cuts to cure violence and to public health methods. That's why it's going up. Now, so the cut actually came not for any particular reason against cure violence or against public health or against the, the more proper understanding of what's going on. It was essentially a state that's having enormous fiscal difficulties um, and not just in this arena and stopped the funding of um, many things. Um, but the question still remains incompletely answered because why didn't somebody pick it up? And, and so you have to say that there still is an, an old idea going on, which is not everywhere, that this is primarily some problem having to do with some criminals and bad people, and that people just need to be taught a lesson and all of this kind of ancient thinking. So the whole, the whole idea of this as a health problem, which, by the way, has been picked up by dozens of other cities, um, you know, if Chicago gets compared to New York and Los Angeles, New York and Los Angeles have fully funded this approach. It's a, this is um, in the city and state budgets of New York. There are 19 cure violence sites in New York. You know, and we can say that Chicago, that Chicago, has, we can say that Chicago has doubled the murders of New York City right. and Los Angeles combined. Right. And New York and Los Angeles have consistent public health programming. For they have consistent cure violence or cure violence-like approaches. We helped set it up in Los Angeles. In New York, we not only helped set it up, but we've been, we train almost all of their workers, and it's being run beautifully by the health department. And the mayor has given them a lot of credit this year on keeping everything down in New York as well. And it's not just those cities. I mean, it's, there's many other cities now around the country in um New Orleans and Philadelphia, Kansas City, Baltimore, Kansas City, Baltimore, and New York, the health department runs operations for effectively preventing a violence now. We, we know much more than we knew 15 or 20 years ago scientifically about violence as a health issue. And we've also have a lot more data and scientific information that shows that it reduces violence. And of course it does, because prevention is the key. Of course and it of is. Of course it does, because these young people are only listening to each other, and they're the people who have to be hired and trained. So I think uh, essentially what you're saying in Chicago is just not picking this up yet enough in terms of uh, understanding the problem and the people is having a health problem, a serious health problem, a contagious health issue that they pick up from each other and as a result of the trauma. Yeah, and, and you hear stories about people who just happen to be in the in the line of fire, like little children. Uh, I was reading about one little fellow who got was shot in the lungs, and they don't know whether he's going to survive or not. Just a little kid out playing, uh, and in the beginning of two thousand and seventeen, clearly, um, cure violence needs to continues. be. Yeah, well, uh, uh, fifty three people shot in the first four days. Fifty three right. in the first four days with seven dead. This is still being is still untreated and unmanaged according to the way that we in health see epidemics. So what? Uh, how, how do you how do you convince 
Because, again, my concern would be, one of my concerns would be, that some young people or younger people who have maybe a little bit too much testosterone flowing would look at what's going on in Chicago and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get even. This is what we will adopt. So how do you persuade, and I know it's going on in different countries and uh, in different parts of the world, but how do you persuade various jurisdictions that are under economic duress to nevertheless put in place cure violence to preclude the kinds of numbers, the kinds of activities that you're still seeing in Chicago? Well, well, many cities have um, moved forward and are using cure violence or other very closely related um, health epidemic models now. But your, your point is really still so highly relevant. And your listeners are probably aware of this in a way that not everybody sees violence as a health issue. They don't see this as, they, they may see it as a matter of life and death, but matters of life and death are health issues. They may be aware of the trauma, but what does that mean? It means it's a health issue. It goes to hospitals. I mean, it's a health issue. It's a behavior. What does that mean? It's a health issue. You know, these are just young people who are affected by their friends, you know, with a contagious set of behaviors that they pick up. Most people who have kids, they know their kids pick up behaviors from their friends. And within this contagious nature of behavior is a health, an unhealthy behavior, whether it's smoking behavior or right. eating behavior or, um, you know, drug using behavior or violent behavior. And so the, this, this is the health sector's issue, and this is what cure violence is really doing now, is, is this broader scope of convincing okay. the public, helping the public see that this is a health matter, and that this is the way out. I mean, I just want to add, there are neighborhoods that used to be extraordinarily dangerous, neighborhoods as dangerous as anywhere, that have gone a year to two years down to zero shootings and killings in Baltimore and in New York. And there, there are Dr. Slutkin, I, I, I have to jump in because of the clock, but I, I do thank you for joining us. And cure thank violence is, is just an absolutely timely, uh, on-the-mark uh, response to what's going on. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you so much, Ray. Dr. Gary Slutkin, cureviolence.org. Have a look at that. It's, it's amazing. It really is, and so effective. Now, 1-800-263-2428 is my number. I'm just curious. There's somebody listening to this program who's been on the receiving end of violence of any kind. What's the impact for the rest of your life? Any kind of violence, 1-800-263-2428. If you've been on the receiving end of violence of any kind, what's the impact for the rest of your life? Because for many people, it is something that will stay with them forever. 800-263-2428. 